Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to this installment of the Steel Conversation. My name is Brian Diardo. A pleasure to have you on this uh, special edition of the Steel Conversation. We, uh, in this next 30 minutes, are going to have Jerome Bettis, uh, the Hall of Fame running back of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Super Bowl 40 champion, sixth all-time leading rusher, uh, joining the show. Uh, we're thrilled to have him. Uh, Jerome's very busy, obviously, this time of year. It's Super Bowl week, and uh, I'm sure he's he's fielding a lot of interviews, so we're thrilled that he decided to join uh, the Steel Conversation. Um, for everybody that knows Jerome Bettis, uh, you know, draft, or drafted by the Rams in 1993, was the uh, AFC, NFC's uh, second-leading rusher and the NFL second-leading rusher that season, Emmett Smith, was named the Rookie of the Year. Uh, two years later, uh, the Steelers picked him up in free agency, rushed for over 1,400 yards that season, and uh, his love affair uh, and the Steelers' love affair with him uh, began. And 20 years later, it still uh, is present to this day. Uh, Jerome is still one of the most beloved Steelers uh, in franchise history, uh, helped the Steelers get to four AFC championship games, uh, one Super Bowl and a Super Bowl victory his last game uh, as professional in Super Bowl Forty. Um his career high was 1,665 yards in 1997. He had 20 100-yard games in his first 31 games as a member of the Steelers, a pretty remarkable thing, which is still uh, a franchise record uh, to this day. And, uh, you know, to me, one of the uh, mo- more impressive seasons for Jerome, not necessarily simply he had eight 1,000-yard seasons, uh, but I think one season for Jerome that uh, was maybe his most impressive was the 2004 season at age 32 years old, passed to replace Deuce Staley uh, about six games into the season, and he you know rips off you know several 100-yard performances that season alone. Uh, helps the Steelers win 15 games that year uh, with a rookie at quarterback Ben Roethlisberger has 100 yards in the Steelers playoff win against the Jets. Uh, they fall one game shy of uh, Super Bowl 39. They lose a tough one to, to New England an AFC title game, and uh, on the sidelines, near the end of that game, Ben Roethlisberger famously says to Ben, if you come back, I promise you I'll win you a Super Bowl. Well, after speculation, Jerome decided to come back for his final season. Uh, Steelers are 7-5 and five after 12 games, and, and on the outside looking into the playoffs, but Bettis rushes for over 100 yards against the Bears. The Steelers get a pivotal win. They win three more games to close out the regular season, and then they become the first six seed in NFL history uh, to win three games on the road as the sixth seed and then win the Super Bowl over Seattle 21-10 to in Jerome's hometown in Super Bowl Forty. It was certainly a storybook uh, ending to a great career for Jerome Bettis. He, he played 10 of his 13 seasons in Pittsburgh. He was drafted 10th overall by the Rams back in 1993, uh, played his college football at the University of Notre Dame, helped them win a Sugar Bowl uh, before his time ended there actually played fullback and was convinced by his running running backs coach uh, in Los Angeles. That's Remember, the Rams were back in L.A. and before their time in St. Louis. Now, obviously, they're heading back there. Uh, was told, hey, you should you should try out a running back. And Bettis said during his Hall of Fame speech, if you remember this past August, I was looking at what running backs were making at that time and what fullbacks were making at that time, and that pretty much made my decision pretty easy. And look at that. Jerome became one of the greatest running backs in league history, and you could argue that he's the greatest, you know, power back in league history. He was, uh, you know, officially listed at 5'11", 243 for most of his career. But near the end of his career, you could argue he was heavier than that. But, you know, he was always 
uh, an efficient running back, uh, always powerful, always durable. I think to me that's the most remarkable thing about his career was was his durability because you look at the other great power backs of uh, in NFL history. Uh, you look at Earl Campbell, uh, Marion Motley, back to the 50s with the Browns. You look at Jerome Bettis. You even look at Jim Brown. I would consider him a physical running back. None of those guys played as long as Jerome. Jim Brown played nine seasons. Uh, Earl Campbell played less than ten seasons. Jerome Bettis played 13 seasons. And in large, injury-free. I know 2001 uh, had an injury, which was a shame because he was really on tear that season. Um, but in large, I mean, to be 32 years old and to be a pro bowler as he was in 2004, to be 33 years old and to be able to play in all 16 regular season games and then three playoff games and then a Super Bowl. I mean, he played 20 games, uh, you know, 33 turning 34 years old. Uh, to me, uh, his durability – has been one of the main reasons why, uh, you know, Jerome Bettis uh, was such a, a great player. And beyond that, you know, his his character, the way he embraced Pittsburgh, he still does lots of, of work in the city, whether it's charity work or his own foundations. Uh, you know, Jerome has just uh, really become intertwined and intermixed with, with the city of Pittsburgh. And that was apparent during uh, his Hall of Fame induction. I mean, it, it really was like a Steeler home game. I was fortunate uh, enough to be in Canton, Ohio, uh, when Jerome was inducted. And it really was something uh, to see him uh, and to see all the fans just uh, when his name was announced. And it was fitting that he went last. Uh, you know, because, uh, I mean, really, and I, I don't know if I can speak for all the other Steeler fans there. I mean, I enjoyed watching everybody else talk. But you just got a feeling that that was just kind of the pre-up for when Jerome talked. It was just getting you ready uh, for when he talked. And his speech was great talked about his time in high school, talked about his time uh, uh, with Notre Dame and obviously with the Rams and Steelers. And uh, he definitely has become uh, really intertwined in, in Steeler lore. And I think we actually have Jerome on now, so we're going to get him on the line. Hello, Jerome. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Oh, we're great. We're great. Thank you so much for joining the podcast here, Pittsburgh Steelers on, on 24-7 Sports, here with Hall of Fame running back and Steeler legend, uh, Jerome Bettis and uh, Jerome. Our first question we wanted to ask you: uh, We know we're, you're working with Gillette's new product, uh, the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. How is that protection similar to the one you got from fullback Dan Kreider during you and the Steelers' run to your victory in Super Bowl Forty? Uh, it's very similar because the the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield is it has lubrication before and after the blades. The new cartridge allows you to shield while you shave, and and Dan was. One of my biggest uh, shielders and, and protectors because he was always taking care of me before the play, shielding me from those uh, big defenders, and then he was always protecting me after the play, and he would help me get up and uh, get back to the huddle. So Dan was 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 my shield and protection, just like um, the Gillette Fusion Pro Shield. Thanks again for joining our show, Jerome. And I want to take a, a, a trip back in time. I can't believe it's, it's been 20 years since your first year in Pittsburgh. Uh, Tell us what you remember about that season. I, I think, really, Steeler fans took you so quickly, and I think especially after that game against the Bills Monday night, you had a big run where Cordell Stewart was really the only guy close to you on your way to the end zone. And Myron Cope kind of brought up your old nickname, The Bus. Just just talk about that whole season, just how kind of how magical it was for you. Well, well, for, for us, that, that, you know, that was kind of two different seasons. That that Bills game was, that you know, that was a little bit before um, – the actual season where we won 
the championship. But, the, you know, that, that season was magical because I, I really wasn't supposed to be there. I had tried to retire the year before the game, uh, before that season. So I, in, in all, you know, actuality, I shouldn't have be, even been there. I should have been retired, watching everything on television. But um, I was convinced to come back for a year, uh, and that that year – obviously didn't turn out the way we wanted to because the year before we were 15-1 and one in the regular season. And so now here we are uh, late in the season, and we've got to win four games in a row just to get into the playoffs as a sixth seed. So it was, um, uh, needless to say, a very, very tense time. But, you know, as, as, as we did, we won all four games. We got into the playoffs, and um, the rest is history. Right, it was. It was history, and then you were able to win in, in your hometown and whatnot. Um, talk about how you were on three other teams uh, that had been AFC Championship games. What was different about that team, and what was your role um, on that team as a leader, maybe as opposed to the other ones when you were kind of a younger player, kind of adhering to the older players? Uh, talk about what was different on that team as opposed to the previous teams that you were on that made it to the AFC Championship game but couldn't get final river. Yeah, for for us that last um, you know AFC AFC championship game, I mean we were a very very close knit group. I mean in the years prior, we always had a closeness about us, but we were nowhere near as close as we were uh, that season. And I think it all stemmed from me um, taking a back seat and understanding that my time uh, you know as the starter had really passed, and then I was passing the torch. Uh, to Willie Parker, and when all the players saw that I was willing to take a, a secondary role on the team, then it changed everyone's perception and saying, you know what, we're going to be unselfish and we're going to do whatever it takes uh, to win football games, and whatever coaches ask us to do, we're going to do. So it made everyone a, a little bit more selfless uh, in how we went out and attack the game. So sometimes, you know, we didn't throw the football, so Heinz Ward, he wasn't upset about it. And sometimes we would throw too much and we wouldn't run the football, but no, none, of, none of the running backs, we were upset about it. So it was just one of those things that we were able to work in unison, and, you know, we made a very, very special uh, season happen. Do you think that because it, it took uh, your 10th season in Pittsburgh, 13th overall, to, to get past, uh, that final hurdle to win the Super Bowl. Do you think that maybe makes it more memorable than, let's say, 97, uh, your second year in Pittsburgh, if you would have beaten Denver and beaten Green Bay? Do you think it was more memorable because you went through all those other hurdles to get to that point? Oh, absolutely. It makes it more memorable because, you know, it's, it's you know, the last opportunity. The, you know, you know you're retiring after the game and, and the drama is there. And had we won a championship before that, it wouldn't be as significant because – we would have been there and done that before. So it's less drama involved. So, yeah, I, I, absolutely. The fact that we didn't win in 97 made it a, a more special uh, event. But I'll tell you what, I would I would have preferred two two rings uh, as opposed to special, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh, for sure. And, and that's the thing people forget. You were on a lot of good teams. It wasn't just, just the 05 team, but – you know, I remember uh, in 2004, you beat the Patriots, I think, by 14 and stopped their 21-game winning streak. Then the next week, you come back and, and beat Philadelphia, I think, 27-3, and you had 149 yards in that game. You guys were on a roll in that season. And then I think people forget the 05 playoffs. 
you guys just really went on a tear and won those three road games, really with conviction, especially that Denver game. Uh, was that the highest level you'd ever seen a pro team operating, a team that you were associated with operating with regard to that 05 playoff run? Yeah, it definitely was because we were, you know, we were clicking on all cylinders. Our defense was playing amazing. Uh, our offense was outstanding. We could run the football. We could throw the ball. We had, uh, you know, trick plays that we were able to execute, uh, you know, at any point in the game. So we were a very dangerous football team. Although we were the sixth seed, we were, in essence, uh, we had gotten back to that level that we were playing the year before, we were 15-1, and one, and it only lost one game the entire season. We were back to that level uh, and really had surpassed it uh, once we got into the playoffs. So we were we were playing at a very high level, and, and I think that's why we won the first four games, the last four games of the season, and then the, you know, the, the four games in the playoffs. So we went, really went on an eight-game uh, run, uh, to win a championship, people just talk about the playoff games, but they don't realize we had a four-game stretch at the end of the season. We had to win in order to, to even get into the playoffs. So we effectively went eight games in a row. We were, we were uh, playing at a very high level. Right, and that run started with obviously your iconic game against the Bears. You had 100 yards uh, alone in the second half. Do you think you guys needed to get to 7-5 and five and pretty much be on the brink to kind of rally it together? Because as you said, I mean, you guys were 15-1 and one, uh, the year before, before you guys really turned it back on. Do you think it had to get to that point to just kind of rally everybody's focus and get everybody, you know, primed to make that kind of run? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, I think, you know, you, you exert a lot of energy when you go 15-1 and one, and then you get to the championship game and you lose. And, and so it's hard to kind of reset and the button to say, hey, let's do it again. So, it, it, you know, it was one of those moments where we were up against the wall and we needed that, that uh, you know, situation to really bring out the best in us. And I think that's what happened. We were put in an adverse situation. We realized that we were underachieving, and we knew that, um, you know, it was time for us to, to you know, turn, turn it up, and that's what we did. And that Chicago game when you're, you know, it's snowing. I mean, that's, that's Jerome Bettis. You know, I know Bill Hillgrove, that's been a famous thing. I mean, this is Jerome Bettis. You know, this is what you'll remember about him. When you're going through that and you're, you're getting these big runs and you're knocking over Erlacher, are you just so focused on the moment and trying to win that you're not thinking about the, just, just what kind of game you're in? Or during that time, do you, did you have a chance to kind of look at the conditions and, and see the Bears on the other side? And they had number one-ranked defense, I'm sure you know at that point uh, in the season. Did you have time to think, man, this is this is pretty cool. Like I'm out here doing my thing, and and this can be, you know, this, this can be the start of something big here. You know what? I didn't really think about that at the moment. <clears throat> we were so so kind of, you know, in the mode of of having to win the game, and you know, we all knew that they were the number one defense, and and we knew that we were going to have to give a special performance to, to beat them. Uh, but when the you know it starts snowing and everything, and and uh, Coach Collar came to me and said, hey, we need you in the second half. Uh, because in the first half, I only, had, I only had one yard. And in the second half, I had 100 yards. And so it, it was it was one of those moments that, um, you know, defines you as a football player. But also it, it created the situation for us to go on the run. Right, and then you guys went on that run. I know you beat Minnesota. You beat you had three touchdowns against Detroit, which I'm, I'm sure was special for you uh, in, in the, your last game at, at Heinz Field. 
I mean, now when you, you look back on your career, and, and I think Steelers, as you know, I'm sure, you know, Steeler football is different where you're kind of defined by, A, your greatness, and, B, were you able to win a Super Bowl? You know, how cool is it for you now, you know, looking back, that your name is there with Joe Green, with Franco, with Mel Blunt, with, with Heinz Ward, you know, your teammate. How cool is it now to kind of just – you have that extra emphasis that when people talk about great Steelers, great champions, your name is right there with those guys from the 70s and the guys that you played with. Well, you know what, That's how, it, it means a lot because that was the goal. You know, when I had come to Pittsburgh and, and you come in there and you see these four Super Bowl trophies and you say to yourself, I, I want my name to be on one of these trophies as well. And, and and you understand that that these guys that came before you, they set a standard of excellence that it's, it was up to us to maintain. And we had to take that torch and, and make it a, a better franchise and so that was that was our goal you know obviously we knew it was going to be difficult and and it was but it was fulfilling you know once we were able to win that championship and see that trophy go into the trophy case with those other four we knew at that point that you know we belonged and we were part of the story history of the Pittsburgh Steelers and that you know our our deeds and and what we were able to accomplish will be remembered uh, for all time. Right, and I think it's also – I'm sure you would agree. It's also cool that you guys were the first six seed to do it, and you actually tied San Francisco and Dallas as a fifth team. Is, is it cool for you now, too? I mean, afterwards, after you retired, I mean, the Steelers, Heinz Ward, and the guys you helped mentor, Ben Roethlisberger, they kept your winning tradition alive. How, how cool is it for you, you know, then to look back and see them continue to win another Super Bowl and get back to another one? And I think a lot of people would say – their success post the Jerome Bettis era is a lot uh, in part because of what you and some of your teammates were able to instill into those guys. How rewarding was it for you to see the tradition continue after you left? It, it was very rewarding because, you know, that's the goal. You always want to leave a situation better than when you found it. And that was my goal. And as a leader of, you know, the football team, that's what you want to do. You want the younger players to understand that, you're setting a standard and creating a work ethic that, hey, if you can do this and if you continue to do this, you will have success. And so that was the, the idea. And, you know, for those guys to carry on this, the, the same way with that same work ethic and, and, and class, that made everything, uh, made everything great. Right. Brian, you are with Jerome Bettis uh, on Pittsburgh Steelers on 24-7 Sports. I wanted to ask you, um, what do you consider your your best year? I mean, I know, uh, you know, 96, you ran for 14:31. The next year, you actually, which I remember you unselfishly didn't play in the last game or you would have passed Barry Sanders, uh, or, I'm sorry, Barry Foster's uh, Steeler single-season record. Um, I know 01, you led the league in rushing before an injury. Um, then, obviously, 2004, you come in and replace Deuce Staley, and, and you really went on a tear near the end of that season. Uh, which season do you consider your best, or is it, the 2005 season because of your influence and, and you, you know, eventually winning a championship that season? Well, it, it, that's a good one. I think um, <clears throat> I was playing, uh, I was at my, my, you know, the highest level, I think, in that, uh, what was that, 01 season, I believe, and when I got hurt. That was the mm-hmm. moment when, you know, it, everything was clicking and the, the game would, had become really easy. Unfortunately, I got hurt, but uh, – it, it would have, I thought, would have been a magical season for me in that, you know, obviously we would have, um, uh, you know, had, a, had we did have an opportunity and we lost an AFC championship game, 
but I, I felt that um, you know, had I been healthy, I would have been been able to help uh, a little bit more in that game uh, and possibly helped us, uh, you know, get to a championship. And, you know, unfortunately, that wasn't the case. Uh, but I thought that year would would have been really special, and and the ability to maybe you know have a MVP award, that kind of thing. I think it slipped out of my hands because you know at that point I was really the the leading candidate for it. Um, until the injury. So that, I think that was, you know, my individual, from an individual standpoint, uh, the, the probably the best year. All right. I remember that year specifically, and every Steelers fan from back then knows, every time you were getting, you were feeling it, you'd get up and shake your head. And then that's when all Steelers fans said, okay, Jerome's feeling it. There's good things happen. We had a big game against Tampa Bay that season, and that was right before Tampa Bay won their Super Bowl. Another season I wanted to ask you about, if, if you remember, was, was 1997. That was when you went to your first AFC Championship game. What do you remember about that season? That was kind of a crazy year. Uh, you guys won three games in overtime, and, and people forget that Jacksonville was actually one of your biggest rivals back then, but it was just kind of a, a crazy season where you beat Denver, who would win the Super Bowl. Uh, during the regular season, you won a crazy game in, in New England. Uh, what stands out to you about that season and, and the success you guys had? Well, it, what, <clears throat> what, what stood out for me was, you know, this was really one of my first opportunities to get a chance to get into the playoffs and, and really, you know, make uh, make something really happen. Uh, you know, my first year there, we had uh, we'd had success, but um, it really just didn't, you know, come together in the playoffs. And this year, we were ready. You know, we we had a great team. We just felt really good about ourselves. And then, um, you know, all of a sudden, we just go bang, and and all of a sudden, the the, the floor kind of falls out. And, and in the uh, AFC Championship, and it was a tough, tough. Loss and you know for me, my first opportunity to be that close to winning a championship uh, and going to the Super Bowl it was devastating. I, I'll never forget going back home to Detroit uh, and just kind of sitting in my mom's basement uh, with the lights off, just sitting there, just wanting to kind of reflect and and collect myself because I was so hurt uh, by that opportunity that was that was squandered. So that was a, a difficult time for me. But I think it helped put resolve uh, in me that um, I, I I was recommitting myself, saying I'm going to find a way to win a championship. And at that point, that became my singular focus, winning the championship. It wasn't about the individual success. <laughs> right, right. And, uh, and, and it, because you went through that, and then 01 and then 04, was it was it almost surreal when you're sitting back in the AFC Championship game against Denver and you guys you know have a 17 point lead and you're sitting here going, man, we're going to go to the Super Bowl and then and then you you win. Is it is it still surreal for you when you look back on how just everything you know came in place and how fired up the guys were to win for you and and you having a big piece in that game uh, and that playoff run? I mean, is it still surreal when you think about how your, your career ended and, and you were you know you won a Super Bowl in your hometown? Oh, it was. It, it really was. And, in that game, uh, you know, it was just so great because, you know, obviously the game was decided before, you know, the, the, the last minutes of the game, which gave us the ability to, to kind of celebrate uh, a while, for a while. And, and, and the chant was, you know, I'm going home, I'm going home. And, you know, we, you know, and that was kind of the, the theme that we're taking Jerome home and we're going home. And it was, you know, it was an amazing uh, moment. And you think about that because usually you only get, you know, a few minutes to think about winning the game right when the, you know, it's about to, the, the clock is about to hit zero. 
but we were fortunate enough that we were so far ahead in the game uh, that we could kind of look forward, look to going to the Super Bowl in Detroit. So it was a special time. Right. And, uh, you know, once again, Jerome, thank you so much for, for joining our show. I know I speak for a lot of Steeler fans that uh, you were one of our favorites watching and uh, a lot of the memories. And, uh, you know, you gave a new generation of Steeler fans, you and your teammates, a new championship team to cheer for. And then when we all get old, we can tell our kids we watch guys like you play and uh, really enjoy all, all those seasons that you played on the Steelers. So, uh, once again, Jerome, best of luck, not only in your endeavors with ESPN, but your continued work with your foundations and all the charity work that you do in Pittsburgh. So, uh, once again, thank you for joining our podcast, and enjoy the rest of Super Bowl week. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you having me, and uh, just wanted to to you know, let you know, just like uh, Dan Kreider, uh, you know, shielded and protected me for all those years, uh, the Gillette Fusion Pro Shields, it protects and shields your face while shaving, and I am giving a huge tribute uh, to Dan Kreider on my uh, Twitter page uh, to kind of to relive the memory of, of my last game as a Steeler and, and where I left, uh, you know, the game as a champion at, at Super Bowl Forty. So get an opportunity, uh, you know, check it out. Right, and make sure you check out Jerome Bettis' uh, page, Twitter page, and Use your profusion. Don't look scruffy on Super Bowl Sunday. Make sure you use that profusion and take it from Jerome Bettis. Jerome Bettis 36 uh, the Twitter handle. Thanks. Right. Make sure you check that out. Thanks again, Jerome. And, again, enjoy Super Bowl week, sir. Hey, no problem. Thanks. Take care.